Good morning. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter for the first time. Or I wouldn't say Twitter for the first time, but the X or whatever the hell we want to call it now. Uh, I am Scott Kennedy. This is Nick Kendall on this side. I am in Atlanta. He is in Seattle. So we are coast to coast in your football coverage. And this is your Friday morning football show. Coast to coast football. Appreciate y'all being here and joining us. Uh, we are going to be live every Friday, 9 a.m. 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific. I know that's early, but if you're up and you want to watch us live, you can come see us at youtube.com slash Scott Kennedy or follow us on the X at Scout Kennedy and Nick Kendall MHH. So once that's out of the way, Nick, how are you doing this morning, my friend? I am doing pretty well. little existential dread. Uh, looks like we're BC is, I don't know if I've been following it all, but BC is like way on fire. We have some big fires in Washington and the wind is going to turn. Looks like we're going to be pretty inundated with smoke here on uh, Sunday and Monday, but uh, we'll see. Um, it's uh, it's kind of crazy stuff, crazy times, but hopefully just uh, it's, it's wildfire season. Also the tropical storm hit coming towards uh, Southern California, first one to make landfall there since 1938, oh, I think. that could make a mess of things. I mean, there, a little bit of rain. And I, I lived in L.A. for nine years, and a little bit of rain causes havoc there. They are um, saying, not to get too weathery, but <laughs> to start the show immediately, <laughs> but uh, they're saying that the deserts east of L.A. are mm-hmm. supposed to get their two-year rainfall total in about 36 hours is the projection, which could be I mean, disastrous. Yeah, so if you're out there, there's, it doesn't soak in; it runs off, so it yes. floods quickly, and then there's uh, it's just it's bad. I I like to say, oh, I wouldn't want to live there because of. I'm like, you let me know where you're safe from Mother Nature, okay? I'll, you tell me where you are, and I'll tell you what's coming to get you. Yeah. Whether it's the hurricanes, the lightning, the tornadoes. Anyway, we're coming to get you today with some football talk, and one of the things Nick and I are both really big in the draft and the process and the general manager aspect stuff of this. So one of the things we wanted to talk to you today on our first show back on Coast to Coast Football was the rookie quarterbacks, because this was a, in theory, at least on paper, a good rookie quarterback class. And three went in the top four. They went to different places, different situations. I want to talk about which one of those guys. And I want to I'm going to ask this a couple different ways, because you might have different answers, Nick, when you say, you know, who's going to have the best season? Well, the best is relative. Uh, and we'll ask you like, okay, so you can go ahead and start thinking about it. Which one has the best record? You know, for me, that's the best season. Which one would you take as a fantasy football guy? Who would be your first pick? Those type of things. And is it going to be one of the big three that went? Was it, you know, Bryce Young, number one overall to the Carolina Panthers, CJ Stroud, number two overall to the Houston Texans, uh, Anthony Richardson, number four overall to the Indianapolis Colts. Typically, if you're drafting that high, you were a bad team the year before. Uh, Different situations for different quarterbacks, so we'll get into all of that. Let's say hello to some folks that have joined us live this morning. Appreciate y'all coming in. John Harrell's in nice and early. He says, good morning, guys. Happy Friday. Philip Hobginson is in over on YouTube as well. Uh, Jadechi, or Jade C, C (laughs) uh, says, good morning, guys. Good morning to you, too. My high school buddy, Jay Gribben, says, good morning, y'all. Good to see you, Jay. And Joe Cannon says, well, great morning, Scott. Nick, it's finally game day. Yeah, it is for if you're a Panthers fan, Falcons fan. uh, They're both playing. The Panthers are at the Giants tonight, and the Bengals are at the Falcons tonight. So one of those guys we want to talk about is Bryce Young. What are your expectations for Bryce Young coming into this game? Again, I, I, I say it's different situations for each because I think the worst team of these three teams is the Houston Texans. Mm-hmm. 
the Colts fell flat on their face. They were expected to be a playoff team, but their talent is still supposed to be decent in theory. The Panthers traded up to get, so they weren't a two and 15 team drafting a guy like you see the number one pick go every so often. So new coach, new quarterback, new attitude in Carolina. What what are your expectations for, uh, for Bryce Young? And Bryce Young is going to have some awesome moments uh, out there. He's still, you know, a diminutive quarterback playing on his tiptoes, trying to see over the offensive line a good time, but work the middle of the field, be efficient, and maximize uh, what he has around him. I like the building blocks a lot of what the Panthers have built or started to build on the offensive line uh, with some of that running game as well. Uh, I don't love the Panthers' overall weaponry on the perimeter right now. Obviously, they had to give up DJ Moore. Uh, to go up to get that first overall pick to select Bryce Young. So curious to see what that looks like for them. Uh, they took that guy from, I think it was LSU a couple years ago. It's time for him uh, to step up and shine. Uh, but I expect him, you know, be Steve flashes out there. Uh, you're not going to be overwhelmed with any of the physical tools, uh, but he sees the game. Well, he's a little bit of a Houdini can make some uh, plays out there and be smart with the smart with the football and accurate with the football. It's funny, we've, we differed on him maybe just a little bit. You know, we both mm-hmm. thought he was pretty much going to be a top five guy, but I, I would have taken him number one overall. Um, he would have been my pick. I like the order that these guys went into. I just thought that he was the most sure thing out there. I just, it, it's so interesting to me because he's such a polar opposite in your evaluation with Anthony Richardson. Mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson is bigger, stronger, faster, bigger arm. All of the measurables you can possibly think of, except maybe accuracy. That is a measurable. I can watch people throw and see. It's not quite pitching, but I can see accuracy. Richardson's ahead on all of them. But effectiveness and running an offense and being a good quarterback for whatever that means, Bryce Young just d- does it. He just, the, the, what you cannot measure, the it factor, he makes plays out of nothing, but he can also play within an offense. Um, Nick, we watched this Panthers team several times last year and, and they were, they were polar opposites of one another. It, they could either play like a Super Bowl team or just lay down flat. That's how you get your coach fired. So, you know, what are your expectations for the Panthers coming in? You know, we can move forward. One of the things we want to talk about, it was sleeper playoff teams. I think a new playoff team is going to come out of the NFC South. I don't think the Pan- the Buccaneers are going to repeat it, so it's got to be one of the other three teams. Can it be the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, it can be the Panthers. I like a lot of their building blocks overall, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I think that they did a pretty good job with the coaching cycle as well. Azure Evero did a really good job with the Broncos last year. He now heads over to be the defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers, and Frank Reich is a really respected uh, head coach as well. Has done some things, obviously, the uh, – Bus caught on fire last year in Indy, uh, but before that, he had been pretty darn good there. So, yeah, I think Carolina has a a decent chance uh, to be a playoff team this year from the NFC South, and I think the it's a little easier to find your pathway to the playoffs this year in the NFC than the AFC, especially the toss-it-up division that is the NFC South this year. Well, and especially they're matched up with the AFC South. You know, mm-hmm. so two, the, the, two, the two divisions that are considered to be the weakest play each other. So you've got six games against the NFC South. If you're an NFC South team, so you're the Panthers. You've got six games against the NFC South, and you've got four games against the AFC South. The highest ranked team out of that bunch in the early power rankings for whatever those are worth might be 15 or 16. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so there is it is very, very open yeah. um, going in this weekend. Want to say hello to a so, uh, couple more folks that are starting to pop in on the chat as YouTube and Twitter and <clears throat> Facebook are starting to reach their tentacles out into uh, their algorithmic f- sphere and finding people. Brandon Swank has an interesting question. Brandon's a Falcons fan. One's a little off topic right now, but that's okay because I like the question. If Matt Ryan and Julio Jones were still on the Falcons, do we take Bijan Robinson? And if we did take Robinson, would we be better? Um, if Matt Ryan and Julio Jones were still on this team under their current contracts, you'd be in big trouble. Really, really big trouble. Um, the Falcons, because they one, Matt Ryan wouldn't have any weapons. Your your salary cap situation would be a disaster. You might have Kyle Pitts still, and you might have taken Drake London. And Kyle Pitts and, and Drake London are there still. Do you take Bijan Robinson? Maybe. But you still wouldn't have been able to – you probably wouldn't have been able to, to re-sign or extend uh, Caleb McGarry or Chris Lindstrom. Your defense would be a shambles. All those new names that you just got, forget it. You're still going out there with the likes of Eric Harris at safety and Fabian Moreau at corner. Um, so you could be – no, you wouldn't be better with those guys because you wouldn't have the money to put a team around them, Nick. And you can just look at the statistical output of Julio Jones uh, the last couple of years and know that it would be not great. Uh, yeah, you know, Julio's, was, Julio's done. Uh, I'm, I'm sad to say, but physically speaking, he cannot go through a 17-game season anymore. Just He hasn't done it in years, and he ain't getting any younger. Nope. Um, the, te- the, the, the Titans tried? Nope. The Buccaneers tried? Nope. Two years before that, the Falcons tried. Nope. Um, the Falcons used him like a running back. A uh, lot of short passes, a lot of punishment that that man took for this team, for the Atlanta Falcons. And his body is 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 done as a full-time player in the NFL as far as I'm concerned. Keith Brugman yeah. coming, he says, coast to coast, all teams is fantastic. Yeah, we'll do. We'll open up and do more as the season goes on. And then, as you know, when we get closer to draft time, we'll go heavy draft. Um mm-hmm. Nick and I really like to do that as well. Yep. Yeah, excited to do that. Maybe even dabble a little bit in uh, college football as well. I mean, that's kind of ties itself into uh, the NFL draft. So I've got to follow those guys as well. Joe Cannon, Bryce has to find a wide receiver he's confident. If he does, he should have a solid season. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's true. He's he's going to be solid regardless. I don't. I wasn't actually super impressed with the wide receiver talent that Alabama had last season, and they made it work. Now, granted their number one receiver was Joe Gibbs and he was pretty damn good as a receiver. Uh, but the wide receiver talent wasn't amazing out there in Alabama. Uh, so uh, we will, especially compared to what they've been the last, you know, six years before that. So he, I think he's going to be okay. They'll figure something out. You know, it's listed in uh, on our lads depth chart for Carolina Panthers is one of their as wide receiver too. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Mingo, my yeah. guy loved, yeah. loved, loved Jonathan Mingo. We can bring up, me waxing poetic about Jonathan Mingo through all the draft process, just that big bodied X factor receiver, find a way to get the ball in his hands and watch him just run over people, run through people, break tackles. He is a run after the catch, a yak guy um, that I'd, I'd like to see them build, uh, build a good chemistry because Jonathan Mingo's a lot of fun to watch. Roderick Cook coming in. He says, hi guys. Hello to you as well. Good to see you. Uh, Steve Kennedy. I know that guy. That's uh that's that's uh well I'm the old man that's the the other old man, uh Steve <laughs> welcome in Dave says good morning, good morning Dave and Michael Rankio also in says good morning Scott and Nick on coast to coast so 
We talked a little bit about um, Bryce Young. What about C.J. Stroud and the situation he's going into? New coach, abysmal performances from the Houston Texans the last couple of years. Um, what are your expectations for him, or do you have any? Uh, is it, okay, they're going to be really bad again, try not to get him killed, and keep reloading with high draft picks? That's how I see it, but they gave up their high draft pick next year to go get a pass rusher, which Will Anderson, you know, maybe the best overall player in the last draft, but uh, you might have, you know, 1.1 next year, and you gave up that plus uh, more uh, to go go up and uh, get uh, Will Anderson. So, I don't know. We'll see how that works out. I am concerned for Stroud just with the infrastructure on the offense. Houston, I think their defense is actually trending in the right direction. I like a lot of the uh, the pieces they've started to accumulate there. Uh, but the offense is outside of Laramie Tunsil. It's got a bunch of question marks. Really did like uh, John Mechie coming out of the draft out of Alabama two years ago. Uh, he was found to have some sort of medical condition mm -hmm. uh, that caused him to miss all of last season. But he's a talented guy. I think it could be a pretty good number two wide receiver. But Houston's kind of a little bit of a little bit of a mess. I mean, they have Laramie Tunsil, Tice, uh, Titus Howard, I believe is the name, the right tackle out there. Uh, for Houston as well as actually really started to come on last year um, from Alabama State, I want to say. Uh, so they have some okay actually tackle talent, uh, but the ability to run the football and the dynamism from pass catchers just is lacking. And Stroud is much more of a distributor than a playmaker. We saw a little bit more playmaking in that Georgia uh, playoff game. Uh, that was a, a an aberration compared to his historical baseline, which – I mean, God, the talent he's had at Ohio State at wide receiver. Maybe he doesn't have to be a playmaker because <laughs> crazy. Uh, but uh, CJ Stroud, I'm I'm a little bit concerned for him year one. Not long term, very mm -hmm. talented player, but I'm just not sure about the infrastructure and not sure about the um, first time uh, uh, offensive coordinator. Also, in uh, I want to say Bobby Slowick is the offense coordinator there from the Shanahan tree. Do they have the personnel to? establish a really good running game and, and try and protect him uh comment from joe in there you know they're talking about running backs and you know damian pierce devin singletary mike boone the legend mike boone the denver broncos legend um you know shaq mason at guard kenyon green in the middle um and then juice scruggs at center because your your weapons on offense like you said nico collins is kind of a plotter john mechie you've got a little bit of um concerns about injury history and then robert woods i covered robert woods when i was out in california so i know he's getting old um but as a hell of a pro one of the best high school players i ever saw love that dude uh no knock on I'm, I'm just teasing robert woods i absolutely love him i would i think he's great to have on your team i just wonder about you know the the effectiveness that they're gonna have as a passing game will they be good enough in the run game to protect a rookie quarterback Hard to say. I mean, is the defense going to be good enough uh, long-term? I'm excited to see what Demico Ryans can do there as well. Uh, but uh, I think that'll be a, a tough year for Stroud. I just don't know if he has the ability to be an offense unto himself. And, and I don't know if the inf infrastructure around him uh, to be great. And Mechie had leukemia. I did not remember exactly what the diagnosis was, but uh, happy to see him back out there and uh, hoping for the best for him because he was a good hard worker uh, there in that Alabama, Alabama program somewhat hidden by the talent around him uh but a very good wide receiver was it was jamison williams the other one in that class that was with the yes. injury i couldn't remember if they were, were both legs or i just remember that there were concerns and and he fell but was a good player so we took mechie in lots of drafts third round we'd kind of try and sneak him in there so um 
hoping he does well. I, I am. I don't have – when I'm thinking of who – which of these quarterbacks has the best season, statistically and or record-wise, for me, picking who comes in third of those three is the easy one. I think it's – excuse me, I think it's C.J. Stroud. Now, who has the better season between Anthony Richardson and Bryce Young? Anthony Richardson with the Indianapolis Colts has been named the starter early. That wasn't necessarily a given. It was going to be an inevitable. But you're going against 8-16 and 16 career record Gardner Minshew up there. And Shane Steichen coming over from the Philadelphia Eagles, who has been a quarterback whisperer of sorts with several different types of quarterbacks, has done nothing to cool the hype around Anthony Richardson this summer. I mean, he hasn't fanned it, but he hasn't, you know, really tried to play down expectations either. And Anthony Richardson has looked good so far in preseason OTAs, et cetera, et cetera. Could he be the guy? You know, could he, could he, he I think he's got the ceiling. If he reaches it, I don't think there's any question. I think that with his athleticism and the, what we saw with Jalen Hurts last year underneath Shane Steichen, that the floor for Richardson is extremely high as well as the the ceiling. Um, just the baseline of the being an athletic quarterback, especially getting used in the red zone, uh, the rushing yards that he's going to get each and every week. Uh, the, the floor is pretty high there. Uh, I'm I'm also not a huge fan of the, the weaponry in Indianapolis. Uh, I know that you were a big Alec Pierce guy. He's had mm-hmm. some flashes here and there. He fights the ball a little bit. I don't know if uh, we'll see what year two looks like for him. Pittman's a pretty good X as well, number two, but not really, you know, explosive or anything like that. Michael Pittman out of USC. Uh, but Richardson, yeah, I mean, you know, we debated a lot. You were, I think you had Stroud number one, Bryce Young two, and Richardson three. Uh, I would have taken Stroud first. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I would have gone, I would have gone, um, what did I just say? I would have taken Bryce Young first, Stroud second, Richardson three. That's how I would have. Right now, after a summer and seeing all of, you know, again, I'm not sure that I would. And in hindsight, I would probably, I will probably, I feel like I'm going to end up ranking them differently in hindsight, Mm -hmm. but yes, I would have gone, um, young Young? Stroud Richardson. Okay. I thought there was, there was a moment where Stroud was higher, but, uh, I was okay with either one. I was like, I think there's an argument for one, two and you're, you're seeing, but the thing I was adamant that Stroud shouldn't be in the teens, Hmm. which Mm -hmm. is where we saw CJ Stroud in around Christmas. Thanksgiving mm-hmm. that Stroud was in the teens. I'm like, no, no, th- this is a guy that should, should be top three. Yeah. So Richardson, a little bit of an enigma uh, just because they didn't have the reps. I mean, how many post routes is he actually throwing out there? Uh, some of those deep routes, not really getting a chance to show off the arm talent where some, you know, some quarterbacks will have like four to eight, you know, higher level throw attempts a game. And Richardson was probably only having two because that's all the offense was calling upon him. Not because he didn't have the ability, uh, but that makes the projection that much harder uh, with him. But uh, curious to see what he looks like this year. I uh, am enjoying all the people going to camp in Indy and coming out and being like, listen, uh, watching Richardson throw next to Gardner Minshew is like watching, you know, like a two-year-old who just learned how to throw a football baseball next to their dad. You know, it's like, oh my God, he's the best baseball player ever. Uh, so Richardson's natural tools. I mean, just unbelievable. We'll see how the game works mentally for him just because the reps are still pretty uh, limited. I'm glad he's getting a chance to start that he's not getting the, uh, doesn't look like he's on the Trey Lance path. So hopefully he can stay healthy. Uh, but, uh, excited for Richardson. And you know that I was, I probably made an argument for Richardson number one, more than anybody I know in the industry. I don't, I mean, I didn't listen to everybody. I'm trying not to be, you know, too influenced by outside sources, but 
the, the tools and the demeanor just seemed like that's the kind of guy that I would take a shot on. Yeah, and you just you just look at it again. It's such a complete opposite of Bryce Young. It, it, your evaluation, and that's that's really the only position you can really do that, Nick, is quarterback, where you can say, okay, this guy is a 6'4", basketball player, shooting guard type of athlete. Mm-hmm. And this guy's the little dude who would be the ball boy on a basketball team. Um, but you know, he's cerebral and he makes, he's got a, he does have a good arm. You you have to have the arm to be able to do this. And Bryce Young does have plenty of arm. Don't get me wrong. But if you're looking at these two guys, they're complete opposites and they're opposites in production. The smaller guy had more production. Um, the bigger guy was a raw prospect and you're having this debate in your head. There's no other position that you really do that with Nick. The, the, the tools translate to production most of the time. In other in other positions, whether it's edge, defensive tackle, offensive tackle, running back, big and fast plays in this game. It's why it makes quarterback the hardest position to really evaluate properly because it relies so much on stuff you cannot measure. Where you can measure it in uh, for uh, for every other position, which begs the question. Well, I've got one measurement. I can see how they play on the field, and Richardson was erratic mm-hmm. last year. Does that come with experience? Does it come with it not? If you're saying which of these three teams has the best record, which which of these three quarterbacks, or is it someone else that plays as a rookie that has the best record come the end of the season? I can't think of anybody else who is actually going to play as a rookie off the top of my head right now, uh, right. just because uh, the other next quarterback, Will Levis, sounds like Malik Willis is actually higher than him on the depth chart, but either way, they're battling for two and three with uh, Tannehill number one, uh, Dorian Thompson, Robinson uh, out there. He's having a good time out there in Cleveland. Uh, We liked him a good bit. You know, day three thought he was Mm -hmm. pretty talented out there for a UCLA team that didn't really, you know, have incredible uh, weaponry. Although they're they're okay uh, out there. Zach Sharvin and some good offensive linemen, but liked him a good bit. He's been doing well, but he's behind Deshaun Watson and they're going to ride Deshaun Watson this season uh, after what they did and traded for them. I mean, they have to. And uh, Tanner McKee, I think the Cardinals took him in the fourth or, or not the Cardinal, excuse me. The Eagles took him in the fourth or fifth round, and he's looked really good in camp as well. Uh, know there were some people that had some big love for him, but he just, you know, on a Stanford team that talk about devoid of talent, how much Stanford has fallen. Sidebar, sounds like there's going to be some Stanford news today, so keep your ear out for that. I'm curious if there's a, the ACC uh, happens with Stanford and Cal. There seems to be some smoke for that uh, today from some people that I respect in that uh, college reporting industry. So we'll see about that. And then Dave brings up a good point as well. Last guy I want to talk about. Somebody Scott and I didn't discuss uh, that much, but Aiden O'Connell had an awesome game against the 49ers as well. He might be the most dark horse uh, of all because Jimmy Garoppolo is already dealing with injury and Jimmy Garoppolo is perpetually injured. So out there in Vegas, Aiden O'Connell and that Josh McDaniel system, smart, cerebral quarterback, accurate, uh, not a lot of tools, but I don't think McDaniels cares too much about them. I mean, we're talking about the guy who traded Jay Cutler for Kyle Orton, for God's sake. I don't think he cares too much about the overall, you know, RPMs on that uh, that quarterback's arm. So Aiden O'Connell, a chance as well. Yeah, and when it comes down to, you know, who's going to have the best season, it's going to come down to an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And there's just not a lot of opportunities to be had for guys that are drafted later down the line. Otherwise, they would have used a higher pick on a quarterback. That's just the way it works. Um yeah. So, but Aiden O'Connell with a chance there, that may, that's a good shout. That makes a lot of sense as a sleeper because, um, you know, Dorian Thompson has looked good in, in Cleveland. 
again, and, and not speaking of injuries, obviously, I, I always want to say that. Well, what if someone gets injured? Yes, yes, I know. That's a given at all times. But so who could step in and be a and beat out a legitimately beat out a starter? There's just not a lot of opportunities out there. That's why I think it's going to come from one of these guys. So who do you think has the best record as a rookie quarterback at the end of this year? I'm going to go with the Panthers uh, just because the path, I think, is the easiest uh, for them. I think the AFC South is tougher than the NFC South uh, overall and also just by nature of the AFC and the NFC uh, differentiation there. So I'm going to lean with the Panthers there. Trust Frank Reich a little bit more, and I think the especially the defensive infrastructure uh, there in Carolina is going to win them some games. I still kind of want to go with the Colts on no. this. Um, you know, they were considered like a sleeper team for the Super Bowl last year. They still have a lot of those same guys. You mentioned Alec Pierce, you know, that I, I was really high on him. And he, he finished, he was the 12th wide receiver taken last year. And he ended up with the six most yards out of the rookie wide receivers last year. He did that with a merry-go-round at quarterback, including Matt Ryan, who's out of football right now. Um, Ryan Foles uh, and, and Sam Ellinger. You know, and those guys were interchanging week to week. They'd have a different starter from week to week to week of those three guys. And, and Alec Pierce still came up with 600 yards. Um, his big playability and ability to elevate and get the ball downfield, I think, will be utilized a lot more effectively by a big arm quarterback who can, if nothing else, chuck it deep and let my guy go get it. Yeah. So his efficiency might not be as good, but I think he's going to have some of those 40, 50, 60 yard catches. You throw five of those in a year, Nick, and you're talking 300 yards right there, let yeah. alone whatever whatever else you're doing. So I think he has a chance to. Keith has a good shot. I thought about this one too, of Clayton Toon. With, with Kyler Murray out, was, was Clayton Toon, would he have a, a chance to play enough? Or is it going to be Colt McCoy? Um, and does it matter? I, I don't – with the number one and the number two overall pick, the Arizona Cardinals are on path to just – lose a lot of games <laughs> yeah yeah they might have uh i mean houston's pick their own pick uh they might end up with marvin harrison jr and one of the top quarterbacks uh we'll see i think that's crazy to say right now but uh, scott i think we can all but not almost guarantee uh who the first three picks will be in next year's draft i don't know the order just yet but i think we can the the prospects who they'll actually be can almost say who it's going to be which is Crazy, uh, but that's just you know elite level quarter, elite level prospects playing premium positions. But yeah, I Clayton Tune Arizona has a path. Gotta say, I was not impressed with his ability, even though he has a uh, something going out of his neck. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Scott and I inside joke for the the announcers in that uh, yeah, Broncos that Cardinals game. The 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 national the Arizona Cardinals did the national broadcast, and their local guys were a little hard to listen to. Not great. Uh, did not understand what was going on there. But uh, Tune has a pathway. I gotta say, I was not impressed with his uh, his ability on the field. You know, missing wide open guys in the flat and not super hard routes. Thought the athleticism was there, but I think Arizona is going to be a little bit of a dumpster fire this year. Uh, so I pathway is there for him to play, but don't think the pathway is there for him to have success to be in that conversation. All right, fantasy football dynasty. Who are you taking first, a quarterback? Richardson, Anthony Richardson, me too. Yeah. And that one, that one's easier for me just because the running will differentiate it for him. Um, he's going to get 
700 plus yards and six to eight touchdowns on the ground this year, I think, uh, which would put him in a good running back group. So uh, Richardson for the fantasy, I think he has the best year. If you're a fantasy quarter, if you're looking for your fantasy quarterback dynasty play, whatever they call it, you know, keeper leagues, Anthony Richardson's your guy uh, out of this class right now. Um, you mentioned the first three picks. Is it Arizona, Arizona, and then Tampa? <laughs> Tampa? <laughs> Washington. Washington just named Sam Howell as their starting quarterback. So are they already tanking for one? And um, Arizona would take a quarterback with the number one pick. If they have the number two pick, whew, they could turn they could turn that pick into another freaking haul. Good Lord. They might From just a general manager's there. perspective, I would love to be the Arizona Cardinals going into this draft. And, oh, what a shock it was that someone was saying to tank it. You reward teams for losing. Of course they're tanking, for God's sakes. If you're the Arizona Cardinals, you don't want to win a single game this year. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't necessarily happen. There's professionals, and they have to try and keep up appearances of not tanking. But with two quarterbacks that are – as good a quarterbacks as we've had coming in in how long, Nick? I mean, Fields, Lawrence were up there, but I Lawrence. think, you know. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Guys... So two guys coming in in the last four years yeah. that are but as good that... as anybody. And before Lawrence, it was made, it might have been Andrew Luck. Yep. So we're 100%. talking two of the best prospects to come out, say two of the best five prospects come out in the last decade. Mm-hmm. At least right now, things change. And um, Marvin Harrison Jr. might be the best wide receiver prospect to come out since uh, – the Julio Jones, AJ Green draft. Um, I mean, he is unbelievable, Scott. He really is unbelievable. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. He's the uh, his route running ability is insane. A great athlete. I mean, he's his dad, obviously Marvin Harrison Senior. Uh, but good. he's like who is pretty good. But Marvin Harrison Jr. is like I think just as athletic, but bigger and longer mm-hmm. and stronger. Uh, so he's one of the best wide receiver prospects I've ever watched. You know, talk about Arizona trading down. It might be one of those situations where somebody is just like so good. Yeah, you have to blow me I might away. Go Harrison. I, I might get my quarterback yeah. and the receiver. Yep. Um, you offer me three first round picks. It'll be tough for a, a bad team that needs a quarterback. It might be tough yeah. for me to pass up. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Uh, Brandon Swank in fantasy. Who would you take? Jameer Gibbs or Bijan Robinson? I would take Bijan. I think he's uh, Gibbs is a dynamic playmaker, but he's going to have some issues sometimes in certain packages because he is dreadful in pass protection. Uh, I think that, that his route on pass plays is being flexed out and being a wide receiver. I mean, I know they've talked about using him as a uh, a slot receiver some as well, but I think Bijan is going to get more goal line work, uh, just a more st- steady performer out there as well. And also, both are in great situations for running backs, uh, but I think uh, Falcons are maybe a little bit better long-term, a little bit more stability with the, if we're talking long-term, I'm not sure what's going to happen with Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator out there in uh, Detroit, because he feels very likely to be a head coach uh, a year from now. The passing game, the PPR points per reception, mm-hmm. that one would be a differentiator for me to, to need to lean towards Bijan Robinson. I think Gibbs may actually have more carries by the end of the season. Um, but touches overall, I think we'll probably lean towards uh, towards towards Bijan. Yeah, I'll be curious. I mean, Gibbs, I think, is much more of a pure uh, or a little bit more of a flex kind of guy where Bijan, I think, can do more uh, in the run game overall just because the body types and the wear and tear. But uh, either of those guys would be good gets. I think both of them will probably end up going in the first two rounds. But Bijan is 
different out there. And I think he's going to be unbelievable uh, for that uh, Falcons offense. And uh, we've got uh, Gary coming in with a super chat. Thank you, Gary, for supporting the show. He says, good morning, Scott and Nick. Sorry I'm late, but Ken Lanier was on Legends of Mile High this morning. So I love that guy, 15 years. I'm glad you got to check it out. Uh, Gary, we'll be here opposite. So, you know, you, you Broncos fans are going to have to watch one of us live and then come in and watch one of us later as we start getting into it. Uh, as the season goes on. So we're both going to be on at nine o'clock, but Gary, we appreciate you taking the time to stop in and say hello. Now we teased on this earlier and then we're going to get out of here. Sleeper playoff teams. Uh, I think there's going to be, and what I mean by that is who, who didn't make it last year, who has a chance to make the leap into it this year. One of those teams is coming out of the AFC South. There's three, mm -hmm. seven and 10 teams, Carolina Panthers, the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. Who's it going to be that comes out of there? Could it be two? Could is it possible that two teams could come out of there with uh, with a wild card? It's possible. Uh, I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons in this one, uh, though. I think that their offense is going to end up being one of the better ones in the league. I think they're going to be able to dictate almost every single matchup they play, and uh, I think that people are sleeping on them pretty good. Uh, second year quarterback. Somebody asked, "What about the second year quarterbacks?" You got Sam Howell, Ritter, and uh, oh gosh, Kenny Pickett playing this year. I wouldn't be surprised if. Ritter ends up the best statistical quarterback there, especially with the infrastructure around him. I mean, he's really set up. I've used the uh, this uh, analogy a few times. Not analogy, but uh, don't forget about comparison. Brock Purdy. Yeah, Brock. Oh yeah, Brock Purdy as well. Brock Purdy though. will it would yeah. be my choice right now for statistically and, and and on the best team as the the number one second year guy probably. I might take money on Ritter on that one just because I think Bob Purdy would have plus or better odds or worse odds if you're trying to make money uh, and he's, you know, coming off the injury and whatnot, a lot really dependent on Christian McCaffrey. And I think that uh, Ritter set up to have some pretty good success as well, but yes, I did forget uh, Purdy out there. So yeah, some, some quarterbacks now that class uh, stepping up, we'll see what the ceilings are for those guys long-term, uh, but we'll be interesting. Uh, what was it? Oh yeah. Desmond Ritter. I think again, I've used this a few times, but he just has to come out there and be rookie year Dak Prescott, you know, protect the football, use your legs when it's not there, get in the right pre-snap uh, line checks, audible when you see that the box count, you know, leaning one way or, or another and uh, just run the offense. doesn't have to be uh, amazing. doesn't have to be a huge playmaker, but just be efficient be smart with the football and uh, drive the bus. Robbie red coming in said, good morning, guys. Great work. And analysis always analysis as always. Uh, thank you, Robbie. Appreciate the support coming with a super chat. It, it, it certainly helps us do more of what we do with support like that. So thank you very much. Um, I don't know. I'm closest here. I am in Atlanta. I just think the Falcons are being slept on so much because the national media, all, they had such blinders on for Lamar Jackson. Like, what do you mean they're not going for Lamar Jackson? And they lost their mind. It's like, well, Lamar Jackson wasn't available for one. And for two, they, they decided to take the money that they would have had to pay Lamar anyway and dump it into their defense. I joked, and I know Ryan Adonis is in here talking about Marcus Mariota. I joked on, on the X this morning that Mariota may have done more for the Falcons last night than $250 million of free agents and Bijan Robinson could do in an entire offseason. People were like, oh my God, the Falcons won seven games with that guy at quarterback? And they were in 16 of 17 of them? Wow. Yeah, it's uh, it was a good coach. It was a good job. And they've, they've put in a lot of upgrades and their schedule is favorable. I like the Falcons coming out of the, the AFC South as a team. Oh, man, I never sleep on the Pittsburgh Steelers. They were right there last year. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't know. I'm not a huge Kenny Pickett fan. Maybe they can they can turn around and, and shut me up. The Browns, do they jump over the Ravens and Bengals? Not for me yet. How about the Jets? The Jets were 7-10 and 10 last year, but they still have a tough division. They still got the Bills, Dolphins, and Patriots in there. Can they make that jump from 7-10 and 10 to a playoff team? I think they could make the jump from a 7-10 and 10 team to a Super Bowl champion. Uh, wow. But I think their defensive line is unbelievable. I think that was against the Panthers. That was their joint practice, and they were just absolutely wrecking um, wrecking them. Quinnen Williams is probably one of the top four interior pass rushers in football uh, right now. Jermaine Johnson looks awesome. Will McDonald's had a really good camp as well, and you got Sauce Gardner, DJ Reed in the back end. Uh, CJ Mosley is going to be back as well. We'll see how that Jets offensive line looks. I think for them, it really does come down to how good that OL can be this year. But I think that Jets defense is right now, if I put my hat on any team finishing as the number one st- statistical defense, I might pick the Jets right now. I think their defensive front specifically is going to give almost every single team problems. And uh, Jets and Dolphins out? I think so. I think the Dolphins, it's going to be a little bit harder for them year two, I think, with the offensive scheme. People kind of figured out Tua a little bit this year. Now, Mike McDaniel is a good coach. I'll be curious to see what his counterpunch is there. Uh, but uh, I think that the Jets defense is the biggest difference maker for me here. I'm, I'm really a, a big fan of what they look like on paper. Can the 5-12 and 12 Denver Broncos make the playoffs in the AFC West? They can. Their offensive line is going to have to look a lot better than they have so far. Russell Wilson is offensive line and run game dependent to be his best version of himself. Uh, I like a lot of the pieces in the Broncos secondary. I'm still waiting to see on the difference makers in the front. So it really, again, comes down to the offensive line. If they can be a top 12 offensive line this year, uh, then I say yes. If they're anything below that, I don't know. I just don't know if Wilson is the quarterback that you can lean on when the run game isn't working and teams are playing to stop the pass, if he can drop back and be efficient enough uh, for this team in that division in that conference. Uh, The Detroit Lions just missed. That might be a decent shout as a playoff team. Lions are, I think, a very good shout. Uh, my guy, who you know I was huge on coming out, um, Jack Campbell uh, mm-hmm. from Iowa, really sounds like he's had a phenomenal uh, camp and preseason so far. Uh, last year, the Lions had one of the worst, probably the second worst defense in football. Uh, overall, I think from EPA per play, uh, they were terrible. Uh, but their run defense sounds like it stabilized a lot when you add a six foot five, 250-pound quarterback or a linebacker. That can happen sometimes. And Campbell, I mean, he's just always in the right spot. So... We'll be curious to see what it looks like for them. But yeah, they just missed last year. The Packers, uh, you don't have any idea what's going to happen with Jordan Love. And the uh, Lions are going to be challenging for the best offensive line in football uh, this year. So if their defense is just average, I think they're a playoff team. Uh, Keith says, I think it'll be tough for the Broncos to beat out the Chargers with new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore. Um, that's that's a good one because you're looking at teams. It's like, okay, if we're talking about teams that could come in, who's going out? So we have the Dolphins as possible being out, the Baltimore Ravens possibly, because I think we believe the, the Bengals. So do the Steelers and or Browns, could they swap, swap places and take one of those spots? They were a wild card. It's not just them. Um, I don't think Tennessee Colts, the, the, the Titans, Colts, or Texans, I, I think that one's just a one-team in it, uh, AFC South, and Jacksonville goes from 9-8 and eight to win the division to uh, maybe even st- stretching their lead a little bit. The Chargers were 10-7 and seven last year. They could be one of those teams that is on the bubble. Uh, the Giants were 9-7-1 and, and made the playoffs last year. I think that is a candidate for a team that could be replaced. And then the last one was a 9-8 and eight Seattle Seahawks. I think that's a team you could watch that could be uh, 
could be on the outside looking in. If, if someone's going to go in, someone's got to come out. On that note, we're going to get out. We're going to take off from here. It was good being back with y'all on a Friday morning. We will be back every Friday morning at, at, on, uh, at 9 a.m. for Coast to Coast Football, where we talk about the top storylines across the league, and we can stop. We can start analyzing and start predicting actual games here soon because they're they're coming right up, and then we will move more and more towards the NFL draft uh, as we start hitting December and January as well because we absolutely love doing that. Nick, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Yeah, I had two more even deeper uh, teams that are lower in the Super Bowl odds that I think I wanted to give a quick shout out to. Just you know, keep it on these ones. You know, I'm really digging here, uh, so don't say that I'm guaranteeing these teams make it. But Tennessee Titans, uh, I think that they are about as well coached as any team in football. Mike Vrabel does a great job, and they lost so many players to injury last season. Uh, so I still don't fully trust uh, the. Jacksonville Jaguars, who are the darlings in the AFC South, the Colts. I mean, who knows what you're going to get from them. I think the Titans have a pathway to play good, smart, hard-nosed football. Derrick Henry has a good season. Uh, and they could be a team that makes the playoffs. I think a lot of people are overlooking them right now. And then another deep sleeper here, but it's, it's if it's going to happen, it's time. Uh, the Chicago Bears. Uh, also, the uh, NFC North is a little bit up in, the, <clears throat> excuse me, up in the air. The Bears obviously had the first overall pick last year, but they've invested heavily. In Justin Fields, you know, DJ Moore, a lot of weapons, the offensive line as well, spent big money on the defense. Uh, Justin Fields' flashes, if he kind of puts it together, uh, then you could see the Bears maybe be an interesting team this year. The pathway of the NFC is not super-duper hard right now for a lot of teams, so uh, Bears are also a very – I'm not saying it's going to happen, but they're one that, you know, if you're looking for some crazy long odds for, uh, for making the playoffs – uh, they're probably one of the lower ones that I'd be interested in maybe making a bet on. The Mad Chatter hopping in. He's put in his vote for Bryce Young. He's the young goat. He he might be. He might be. I'm a big fan of what that kid can do with the football and just his wizardry, his ability to make plays. He's just got that that it factor where when the game's on the line, I trust Bryce Young to make a play. Mm-hmm. Can that translate to, you know, we can talk about tools, arm size, all that type of stuff. What it boils down to for me and always has as a Joe Montana guy from the 80s, can he make a play when it matters? Joe Cool always did. He wasn't the biggest. He didn't have the biggest arm. But by God, if I needed a play made, I wanted the ball in Joe Montana's hands. Mm-hmm. Bryce Young, I'm not saying he's Joe Montana, uh, one of the greatest of all time, but forget everything else. When a play needs to be made, Bryce Young makes it. That's what he did all through college. And he faced some pretty good defenses, some pretty good talent. And the SEC, guys chock full of, that will be moving on to the next level as well that I really like Bryce young, despite the limitations that people have questioned. So we will see, appreciate you coming in uh mad chatter, Quentin Caldwell coming in and get us out of here. Quentin. Good to see you as well. I'm not ready for the bears yet. I think three and 14 is too big of a leap. I don't think they're there on offense yet. And it might not be until they have to decide how much of a second contract they're going to give to Justin Fields, which could end up hurting their ability to get weapons for Justin Fields. So that will be uh, very interesting. On that note, we're going to get out of here. Appreciate y'all joining us. Make sure you're following us on uh, on YouTube, especially because we are on YouTube well, pretty much every day now. YouTube.com slash Scott Kennedy. You can follow us on the X slash Twitter at Scout Kennedy and Nick Kendall, MHH, and those are always in the descriptions of all the stuff we do. So on that note, you all have a great weekend. Enjoy some Friday night football. We'll see you Monday. Have a great